0: It's your marine Kyle Krabs. We are your host. We've got Chris Schuber floating around producing this thing. Good to be with you here on a Wednesday, and we are brought to you by Bet Online. And folks, it's that time of year where college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. You'll receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe to get started. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting. And it's where and the game starts. Vegas casino. Got to f- talk about the Vegas casino games. I'm so excited. And, it, and it's where the game starts. Kyle. Happy Wednesday to you. It's where
1: the game starts. Those Vegas casino games get me every time, man.
0: Slots, man. Happy slots.
1: Wednesday. To you, league calendar year, 4 o'clock today. So, spoiler alert, Russell Wilson's <laughs> going to get traded at 4 o'clock. Right? Ooh. Khalil Mack's going to get traded at 4 o'clock because the league, the league sent out Wentz. their memo. Carson Wentz going to get traded at 4 o'clock. Mm. The league sent out their memo this morning. Here's the official draft order for the 2022 NFL draft. And I'm like, oh, this is good because I got to vet what I have on the back end of MDM, which is... Always an adventure. Every time a trade happens all year long, I got to go into MDM and change the draft order. And I get in, and it's like top 10's wrong <laughs> because Denver's still listed as having the ninth overall pick. Mm. Mm. And I'm like, and then I drop in the TDN Hive, and Jamie's like, Yeah, the trades aren't processed yet. This was all a dream until 4 o'clock, and then all this stuff happens. And then I'm sitting here thinking, like, you know these trades are going to happen. Why on earth would you release the official draft order schedule (laughs) eight hours before it gets completely blown up by a handful of trades? Like, none of the trades we've heard over the last three weeks are reflected in, in their draft order.
0: And no urgency whatsoever to get that out. Nobody cares if you got it today at 4.30 or right. at 10 a.m.
1: You could have you dropped it Friday afternoon. Could have been your Friday afternoon news dump. could I'm sure you'll have other stuff in the headlines. right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you don't need that. But have that in your back pocket to take the, uh, the Friday afternoon time slots for discussion. And it is what it is. But uh, happy to report MDM uh, update. And I put the trades in. Unlike the NFL, I put the trades in for the draft. Uh, Kyle,
0: working ahead there, Kyle Krabs, making sure the people can have a great experience on MDM. Yesterday in the podcast, (laughs) we learned that our QB1 this year would have been our QB4 last year. and We learned that our wide receiver one this year would have been our wide receiver three Three. last year. And so today we're going to find out where RB1 and OT1 would slot compared to last year's draft class. We'll start with the running backs, and our RB1 is Mr. Isaiah Spiller.
1: So let let me confirm, your RB1 is Isaiah Spiller. Yeah. Your individual.
0: Yeah, it's not close. Yes, my individual RB1 is Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M, and it's a very clear cut-and-dry situation. Okay. RB2 is I'm Kenneth glad Walker. I you said
1: that because we have not had this conversation yet on the podcast. We have not talked to Isaiah Spiller since we've got around and watched in depth, intimate with the tape with Isaiah Spiller. But Spiller we have. Means Kyle. <laughs> and you said, not close. It's not close. The only thing, and Brentley Weissman did a great job on our TDN scouting staff meeting. He said the only thing that this dude is missing is that that third year to really explode and hit home runs. But he's 5'10", 217 pounds, very good lateral cut ability, very good initial pop and burst when he decides to accelerate. His vision, anticipation, manipulation of the point of attack are all very, very high-level stuff. He can run zone. He can run gap power. He can run inside. He can run outside. He can catch the ball. He's sufficient in pass protection. It's been a fun journey for me because I've my region had Kenneth Walker explode onto the scene this year, and Kyron Williams was the name that I knew in the offseason. It's like, that guy's got a skill set that's going to translate to today's NFL. And then you get to cross-checks and you watch Isaiah Spiller, It's like, oh, holy bleep. Chris, I won't make you do edits here on the show today unless I get real excited with some wee woos down the stretch. But I have an 85 on Isaiah Spiller. That's an important number.
0: Why is that, Kyle? Why is that important?
1: That's the floor for a first round grade with our scoring scale. Ooh. So maybe that is wee woo worthy for some people who don't have access to our back end spreadsheets and scoring tables and would not be privy to that information. But I was blown away when I watched him because I watched him in the summertime. It's like, okay, like physical runner doesn't really have like that second gear that you really look for. I thought he was more dynamic this year than he was last year.
0: I too enjoyed the tape Um, vision, contact balance. Those are my two most important traits for running backs. He gives you that in waves. I loved how he was able to, adjust right if if he saw gaps diminish or you know guys flat defenders flashing gaps and he had to change his course his ability to do that seamlessly and just just a natural feel for where that space is going to be a lot of good anticipation it's there and he's extremely physical and so there's just a a nice a nice uh combination of traits here that work in the NFL and so I think he's going to be a really productive starter in the NFL
1: Real quick, before we get into RB one last year for us was Najee Harris, correct?
0: Um, I had it as ETN.
1: Oh, I'll have to go check my 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 scoring. So that's the league pick, Najee first, yeah, right. So I mean, we'll do both of them. We'll work through both of them, but I just need to see what my score was on ETN because I don't remember off the top of my head. But the thing about Spiller that I absolutely love the most was his ability to suck linebackers into gaps. And then, as it, that late press of the line of scrimmage and then that lateral cut to get out of that gap and vacate and explode into the, the space that that linebacker just vacated, you saw him do it every single week. And it was like he sees it so well to be able to set that up and then understand when he has time to be able to do that and, and cut back to, and, and come out the back door when it's really just popping out the, the adjacent gap was such a breath of fresh air. To watch him manipulate linebackers the way that he did. So shout out Isaiah Spiller for some really fun and excellent tape. But Joe, you have Isaiah Spiller graded as a what? Eighty-three and a half. Eighty. So a high second a round half. grade. Yeah. And your RB one last year with your grades was Clemson's Travis Etienne. Yeah. That which was also he's my he's gonna be f- that was also my RB one.
0: Well, welcome back, Travis Etienne. We're excited to see you in the NFL. Sorry, you had to miss wait. last season, right? Well, be a big I, boost to that offense. With
1: the way things with the way things went, I don't know that. Mm. It, glad glad we didn't get to see them try and stumble through how, trying to figure out how to use him. But how close is Isaiah Spiller in your eyes to Travis Etienne as a prospect?
0: They scored very, very close. I had Travis Etienne with an eighty four. I have Isaiah Spiller with an 83 and a half so a half point separates the two backs. Sure. When I think obviously we have the the data so we can always answer this question but as I think about the two players and grading them coming out I still think that I would have ETN higher because I really value ETN's growth as a pass catcher and what I think he can be in that regard in the NFL and I mean just the home run ability there is is pretty much unmatched.
1: I agree completely. Uh, I had Travis Etienne as an 86, and I have Isaiah Spiller as an 85. So I have one point of separation between those two players. And yes, that for me was um, a little bit more explosiveness in the open field and uh, a more dynamic pass-catching skill set, which we saw. I mean, Travis's last year at Clemson, like him and Amari (laughs) were the offense right like those were the two guys that the passing offense worked through in its entirety and everything mm-hmm. was in short spaces and you saw what this Clemson offense looked like without Amari Rodgers and without Travis Etienne they tried to run the same style of offense and it just it didn't work so i think that's a nice testament to what Travis Etienne brought to the table uh in the passing game as well as just being a, a dynamic rusher so uh ETN for both of us gets the nod.
0: So Najee Harris and Javante Williams for me were tied with their grade. Oh, that's fun. It's very, very fun, especially when you now add in the layer of Isaiah Spiller. So I had Harris and Javante Williams both at an 83. And as you know, I had Spiller at an 83 and a half.
1: Oh, so RB2 for you. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Spiller. Yeah,
0: and I, I think I like that because f- with Harris, maybe he gives you a little bit more in the passing game, but I think I think Spiller's a more dynamic, like downhill runner in little, terms of
1: he, yeah.
0: more vision. He does. I mean, and maybe maybe more contact balance. Like I don't think. I it's think that he crazy. can get
1: off I think he can get off his tracks a little better than like Najee's ability for sure. to cut and create like it was really special for a guy's his stature, right? Mm-hmm. But if you just took the skill in a vacuum
0: to yes, create those to hard
1: it. lateral cuts, Isaiah's better at it. And I think that's a differentiating factor, whereas if you see Najee when the point of attack really gets bottled up and he has to laterally get off his tracks, I think that's where you saw some of the the, the one-yard runs, the two-yard runs that he really had to work really hard just to get two yards when they could have been one-yard losses this past year in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah. So, you, you framed that perfectly.
1: And I had Najee at an 84.5, and I have Isaiah Spiller as an 85. So, I have Isaiah a half a point above, and I had Javante Williams at an 84. Wow. I think Pretty we can, close. So, yes, it's a very tightly now RB2 this year, Kenneth Walker. I have an 82.5 on. I don't know what you have off the top of your head, but.
0: Yeah, I think I'm right. There eighty. I also have an eighty-two and a half on Walker, so he's okay. firmly RB. Well, I guess you'd be RB five in the five the mashup rankings.
1: Yeah, um, but the separation from Walker to Spiller is like the separation between the top three guys is all more narrow than the separation from one this year to two this year. I think it's kind of Million a testament percent. of how tightly tightly knit that top. Echelon and tier was last year, and, and then this year with with Spiller being in the mix.
0: So we answered the question: RB one this year would have been RB two last year. Yes, which maybe maybe some people are surprised to hear that because of Najee Harris and Javante Williams.
1: When I really sat down and thought about it, I was surprised. But that <laughs> it says more than anything else about how much of a pleasant breath of fresh air when you got to do the deep dive film study on Isaiah Spiller. And you realized how good the tape was. It's the All downside to right, do the this. way we do business. But at the same time, it's nice to watch good players in March.
0: Correct. That's a good point. I remember previous years in March, we're trying to do three, 350 guys, writing up Yeah, players that have no chance of getting drafted.
1: You'd get eight UDFAs just to find a fifth-round guy, and you'd be right. over the moon.
0: And we still get to those guys, right? Like our process still gets yes. to all of those players. It's yeah. just it's just only in your region.
1: You finding them, yeah, only yeah. in your region. So,
0: all right. So let's do the same thing now for offensive tackle. And I, my number one offensive tackle this year is Ikem Iquanu from North Carolina State with a grade of ninety-two, which is a top ten valuation.
1: That, that is a very rich. Evaluation. My top offensive tackle is Evan Neal with a ninety.
0: Ooh. So this is gonna be really so, fun to see how these things stack up.
1: Now, to be fair, what do you have Neal at?
0: 91 and a half. A half of half a okay, point so separates you have, you, the two.
1: Yeah. I have Eichem at an 87 and a half. He's my eighth overall player. Yeah. So we both like both of these dudes a lot. Um, but OT1 last year. I think in everybody's mind and in the actual results was Penny Sewell, right? Yes. Like you can look at what what Rayshon Slater did this year and acknowledge like he outperformed Penny Sewell. But OT won both pre-draft and in the actual predictiveness of the draft. It was Penny Sewell.
0: Yeah, and I still had, I mean, we'll get to it, but I had Slater as a top 10 player on my board. I mean, I had both of these guys as top oh, ten players. Make- Sewell was was two, and and Slater was nine. So I I love both you're of the players. Yeah, man, you got to get the stuff up. That's what we're doing. We're comparing. This offensive tackle class is better. Better
1: class. The top of it is better.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. So All let's right. Have so conversation.
0: Let's do it. But okay, we both had Penny Sewell OT one. I had him at a ninety three.
1: Too rich for my blood.
0: Well, I'm satisfied with that. I have Iquano as a 90. <laughs> I had Iquana as a 92. And so Neal right there. A 90 and a
1: half. Uh, 91
0: and a half. 91 and
1: a half. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I have Sewell graded higher than I do either Neil or Iquano.
1: And I'm in the same boat. Uh, I had a 91 on uh, Penesul, uh with that 90 on Evan Neal. What's, inter- what's more interesting for me is the OT technically three slash four debate between Slater and Iquanu for me. Could you think of two more stylistically different players?
0: No. No, not at all. <laughs> so
1: that, that's what makes it fun, right? Is it's I have Iquanu at an 87.5. And then I had Rashawn Slater at an 86. So for me, I stacked the top four and it's, it's really good. All four of these guys, really good prospects. Was Sewell, Neil, Iquanu, Slater.
0: All right. I have Slater graded as an 88. So I have Neil and Iquanu graded higher than Slater coming out. Right. So. My stack is Sewell, Iquanu, Neil, yep. Slater, and they're all within four points. We're talking about top 10 valuations here, and then Slater, just barely not a top 10 valuation.
1: And And everything you said was applicable to me, except we have Equanu and Neil flipped, and my starting point and finishing point is just a little bit lower than you. Would you let me ask you this question. Do you think you're a, a tougher or easier greater than I am?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Okay. I think in certain parts are, you are very, and we both are, we're both pretty, pretty tough to get a top 10 grade from. I think yes. you're more, you're more willing to sneak guys into the late first round than I am
1: at least this year, into the 85s. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause I find I like one little fair. thing. I find like one little thing. It's like okay, you know I love Jahan Dotson as much as anybody in the world. Like I, I I feel like I'm one of his biggest fans. But you actually have a one on him, and I have a 84 and a half, like a high two. But I'm sitting there and right. like, well, right. if you're a first round grade, I expect you to be like a, a key franchise cornerstone, which I think Jahan Dotson could be. But it's like, well, he, he doesn't necessarily give me the the vibe that this is a funnel my passing game through type player like upside to be a number 1 receiver and I'm like well and for that reason you're a high 2. Now his, he have, still should go in the top 32 but in terms of how we grade him I I I get a little choosy on that type of stuff.
1: I have the data. I have the data. Okay. I have every player that we have both cross-checked to this point in this year's process. Okay. The average grades 83.62 and 83.64. Oh, geez. Would That's you like to gander close. a guess? Yes, it is. Would you like to gander a guess? Um, I will go with
0: me being higher because I have more top 10 grades.
1: That is correct. You are 0.02 average consensus grade to this point in our process. And, I'm going to let a cat out of the bag here. That comes with me being nine points higher on Christian Harris than you are too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm the little man on Christian Harris.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to come to battle to come of the so boards.
0: Save the boards. it.
1: Yep. Can't wait. That's it. We're about a month out from battle of the boards. It's coming, man. Chris, Christopher, come to us, please. Do you have any like knockoff? Royalty free Game of Thrones type music we can play for that week.
0: Uh, is that if you're putting in a production request, we
1: can absolutely work on that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I <laughs> done would love and done. That got to go. And just Working play it right now. subtly in the background for the entire duration of the show. Terrific. He came in, bumped in, says, "If you're putting that request, we'll figure it out," and then just bounced.
0: <laughs> a production request handled like a true pro. Yep.
1: Yeah. He. He hit us with the uh, yeah bet and then checked out. So, um, this was this was fun. These are always fun. We'll have to go back and see how our average grades check out across mutual players in years past, since we have that empirical data too. Joe,
0: <laughs> you are you are on one with this with this phrase.
1: I just I love I love the phrasing. So let me ask you this: as we get ready to shut down here, um, because I, I feel like we've exhausted running backs and and offensive tackles fairly well. What's a player you cross-checked this week that really caught you by surprise? Pleasant surprise. And it doesn't have to be in line with our presentation schedule. Yeah. Because we present a certain number of players every day during our meetings to keep on the calendar. But we're also working ahead because no, no rest for the weary.
0: I'd say, I'd say honestly, we recently did two safeties. Uh, Lewis signed from Georgia, and Jalen Petrie from Baylor. I, I would probably call Petrie more of a slot safety type player. You really like him as a nickel defender. Yes. Both of those guys, man, were were really good on tape. I think they're starters. And for where the game's headed, played in sub, kind of a four-two-five. These are guys you'd love to have on the field, probably for different reasons, but. They are going to give you options in sub. And I think as, as second-round valuations, high second-round valuations, you know those would be rock-solid picks and guys that I think can really help an NFL defense.
1: Cordell Volson's the name for me. We knew he had a great week at the Shrine, but then to go back to watch the tape and watch – and I get it, you're playing at the FCS level, but he bullied dudes big time. And if you're going to project him inside at guard, I think you're going to protect him from some of his worst tendencies as far as balance and, and sustaining blocks and framing edge rushers on the edge. So uh, knowing he has the versatility to play four spots on the line, he graded out as a three for me. Uh, and he was a nice uh, nice breath of fresh air to get into as another name to kind of introduce into that back and potentially the top 100 as a late third round option for some teams.
0: So, like, as part of the all bully team offensive line, Trevor Penning has a seat at the table. Tyler Smith yes. has a, t- a seat at the table. Ikemi Kwanu yes. has a seat at the table. And Cordell Volson yes. has a seat at the table.
1: Yeah. We all need right, a so, center. we need that
0: fifth guy. Well, is it, is it Linderbaum?
1: It feels weird putting a 290 pound center on the all bully, but so we got to find. He, he, we'll, we'll do some recon. We'll find out who that, that last spot's going to go to. That needs to be something, we, like a formal thing that we do, too, by the way. All bully line. So, like if you guys have any requests it. for that, make sure you, you drop them in for us, please. Love to hear them. But that's going to do it for us today on the show. It's time for us to go. A couple hours from the start of the league calendar year, remember? Don't be surprised. A couple of transactions come through. Players can be traded. Signing is going to be made official, and uh, the chaos will continue, which means we're going to be back again tomorrow with another episode of Draft Dudes. Plan accordingly. Kyle Krabs, German, and Chris Schubert. Thanks, as always, for watching. Make it a good one.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.